Good morning, good morning, good morning. The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and you are breathing. Today is Wednesday, March the 15th, 2023. My name is Stephen Carnegie, and welcome to This Is Just a Thought. Today's word of the day, hoist, which means to lift or raise. Hoist. I hope everyone is enjoying their Wednesday hump day. Midweek swing, midweek swing. End of the work week is fast approaching. I gotta say, it's Wednesday already. Ain't gonna get no complaints from me. It, just not, just not. For some of us, we'll be off and for some, we'll be working. Hey, it is what it is. But nonetheless, it is the mid of the work week. Hump day. How about that? How about that? We're making it through. We're making it through. Man, the weather here in North Carolina, yeah, the sun is finally out. But, sun's out, rain has stopped, and now we got cold temperatures. <laughs> uh, temps at night are getting down into the low 30s, freezing, and some spots are getting into those 20s. Man, and we're going to have another freeze tonight uh, before the weather breaks and we'll be back in the 50s and 60s with lows in the 40s or whatever, what have you. But come again Sunday, maybe Monday night, we'll be back to some freezing temps. But after that, temperatures are expected to rise. Man, uh, I didn't know. I didn't catch on to it, but spring is almost here. And we uh, really pretty much across the entire United States we still have some winter left. Man, uh, California to, to to the east coast, west, the east, California. Wow, they have had a rough, rough winter. Uh, you know, I told you about all that snow. Now here comes the rain, flood conditions. Now they, before they were worried about uh, power outages due to the, you know, the snow and the cold weather, cold temps. Uh, folks were without food for a number of days, power for a number of days. Some folks ran out of medicine even. But now it looks like with this rain that's coming, they're getting ready to get hammered with some flooding. And, of course, you know, in certain parts, mudslides, I mean, they had all that snow. And now here comes the rain to trigger those mudslides. Um, man, officials are saying whatever you think or what have you, it's inevitable that they're going to get some mudslides. Now, California has gotten hammered this winter. They have had a rough winter. Uh, that snow, man, left folks stranded. Uh, stranded in their own homes. Wow. It, it's, it's just amazing the weather patterns we're having in this country. And on the East Coast, you know, hey, that, that same front, uh, not the one that's pushing the rain, because that's a totally different front on the West Coast. But it's a continuation of all that snow coming from the West Coast. Now it's on the East Coast. Uh, Massachusetts, Vermont, New York, uh, even going back into Michigan and, and, and Minnesota. Uh, they're saying they're going to, they are or have gotten hammered with snow. Uh, so much so on the East Coast up around Boston. There is not just snow and frigid temperatures. It's heavy gusts of wind. Uh, winds up to 50 mile, 55 miles per hour. And if you're sitting on that coast, <laughs> on that coastal uh, line, wow, 
and they're saying it's it's a perfect storm of brewing because they're saying not only are they experiencing that snow and and heavy winds but uh also with the high tides coming in that's how these things work this goes to show you the weather patterns that things these things come in at the right time and they're in the right situation they're saying they could see some flooding also or destruction from those winds wow it's like a hurricane in the uh in the winter this is a nor'easter on the eastern side uh, we've had nor'easters before so we know what damage they can do they can, many times hey uh between that snow and those heavy winds they can be a dis, dis, as destructive as hurricanes if not more destructive so we'll see what happens wow we have had some strange weather patterns this winter yeah spring is is coming around next week now that i think about it wow totally slipped my mind i've been dealing and i've been looking and and Dylan, we've been looking and dealing with uh, the winter and this odd weather patterns, not only here, but uh, like I said, from west to east. And man, it's showing. I wonder how the spring is going to turn out. Good Lord. Pray for us all. Pray for us all. All right. Let's go get it. Well, like I said, um, this is Wednesday, middle of the week, and I decided this Today, I decided that I wasn't going to do any major stories or uh, or whatever or what have you, the horn in on and, and prove a point. Uh, I decided that I was going to do something. It's kind of like a wellness Wednesday. <laughs> you know, we all heard that now. Uh, I'm sure it, it's been hammered into our heads. But this wellness Wednesday on uh, This Is Just a Thought, we're going to talk about um, the bevy. The bevy of problems we're having here in the United States uh, socially. Uh, there's a lot of social problems going on. A lot of social problems, a lot of problems with our infrastructure, our kids, our mental health, our physical health. Health. We're just going to talk about that, man. Uh, within the past month, wow, we're only in the third month of the year. And that's going away fast. Because like I said, it's the 15th. So already three months in, and we've been, man, we've been yanked around from news story to, to news story to news story to news story. We're just getting yanked and jerked around every which way but loose. But one of the top things that came to my mind as I was sitting around thinking about what I could talk about, school safety. Uh, man, last month, towards the end of January, going into February, it seems like we were just inundated and slammed with stories. It seemed like every other day there was a story of a kid bringing a gun to school. It just was. I mean, for a while, for about three, two or three weeks, it seemed like every other day there was a story of kids bringing uh guns to school or if you want to take it here in Durham there was an incident that happened on a, what, what is called a greenway or that's like a walkway behind the school that is used by many people you know to exercise or just get out and walk around and these high school kids oftentimes they would get on that greenway around lunchtime and you know hey you know what kids do we just walk around uh, maybe even ditch a little school or whatever or what have you and apparently two kids end up getting shot one did. I believe he was about 15 or 16 years old. And man, in Wake County and, and surrounding areas, even here in Durham, Wake, 
Charlotte, whatever you were in North Carolina, that's like throughout the, the, the United States, a lot of schools were on lockdowns. They saw like every other day there was a lockdown in the school for a threat, possible threat, or someone had a gun on campus. Every other day, for about two or three weeks, that was the case. So much so, school officials are seriously looking into putting metal detectors in the schools, every school. Now, if you're from a different part of the United States, uh, odd as it sounds, that's not too uncommon. But here in little old North Carolina, to think we're gonna have to put metal detectors, or gun detectors, let's call them what they are, gun, knives, whatever, what have you, gun detectors in school to make sure and ensure that our kids are safe from their fellow classmates. You know, there was an incident that happened after school uh, in Wake County, uh, a 15-year-old, I believe, walked into an after-school basketball game with an AR-15. Whole damn assault rifle into a, a basketball game. You know, uh, years ago, back in the day when we were coming along, we had these little beefs and tiffs and rips or whatever, so it wasn't uncommon for there to be a fight that break out uh, if it wasn't during school, maybe at a game or whatever, but this kid had an entire AR-15 on school grounds after school during a basketball game. So, yeah, it, metal detectors or gun detectors, however you word it, they're needed now. This ain't the good old days where we used to sit there and slug it out. <laughs> These kids aren't doing that anymore. Now, there, there came an incident uh, yesterday, I believe, uh, some parents here in Cumberland County, you know, uh, if you don't know where Cumberland County is here in North Carolina, it's like Fayetteville, North Carolina, home of the, uh, Fort Bragg, with uh, that has been renamed, by the way. But the parents were upset because what they said was uh, one day, sometime during this school year, I'm not sure if it was re here recently or, or some time ago, their kids were searched as they were entering the schools. All of their belongings were dumped out of their book bags or what a purses or whatever or what have you and they were upset they said there was no need for that um as 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 heart tugging as it is to think that your kid is going to school and he's been he or she is being treated like a, a criminal going into a correctional facility it may be needed it, it just may be needed man i mean if, if you think about it and you're looking and you're hearing these stories like i am you got to say to yourself, man, well, what in the world is going on with our kids? Why are they, why do they feel like they need guns to go to school? Is it a, a, a beef or, or a riff or tiff or whatever where they're, they're supposed to be duking it out, but they're bringing guns? Uh, I, I, I don't know. Now, some officials have came out and said, well, here we go again, back down memory lane, all around the mulberry bush. They're saying this is a direct result of COVID. A lot of these kids were left at home alone. Parents, Some parents were still working, uh, doing quarantine or isolation. So a lot of these kids, they were left alone, like many adults, to their thoughts. Uh, maybe they had... Before COVID started, they had a little problem or whatever with uh, another student. So this is how they're going to resolve the conflict now that school's back in and it's wide open. So they're going to bring guns to school. 
You know, the, a lot of these kids, these guns they had, the hand, a lot of the handguns they had, they belonged to their parents. So now there's a push here in North Carolina, just like throughout the United States, I'm sure, to have parents know that you have to secure your weapon at all times. If need be, you need to be, not need be, but you need to be the only one or another adult with access to that weapon. You have to secure it or face charges, looks like. Yeah, a lot of parents may start getting charged if these kids continue to go in there and get those weapons and bring them to school. It, it, it puts school officials, I gotta say, it, it puts them on blast and they have to do something and many are saying do something now. Then there's some parents that say, hold up, wait a minute, I don't want you violating my kids' rights. I don't know if you have a, how many, how much of, how much, how many, much of rights you have if, like here in Cumberland County, when I told you those parents went to that school board meeting last night, the officials responded, hey, we received credible threats. Uh, we were, some instances we were told this was this or that or was going to happen, so we had to respond, and this is what we chose to respond with. I gotta, gotta agree with these school officials. Something has to be done with these kids bringing these weapons to school. It, it, it's absurd. It's odd. It just is to think that you send your your kid to school and there's another student there with a gun, loaded, ready to go for whatever reason, whether it be COVID or, or whether it be bullying, whatever the reason, another student, child, uh, has a weapon on campus. Now, back to what I said about that uh, COVID this one of a uh, uh, psychologist said that it was this quite possibly with all this gun violence and these threats, uh, it could it, it quite possibly flat out is related to COVID and the fact that a lot of the kids were in quarantine and isolation and they were left to their thoughts. Uh, some became uh, depressed or whatever or what have you. Understandable, but man, we got it. it, it can't blame COVID for everything. Uh, Bottom line for me, and I keep uh, going back to it, I tell you, parenting, parenting one-on-one. I'm sorry. Uh, parents got to start, we, we've got to start getting more involved in our kids' lives and finding out what the hell they're thinking on a daily basis. Now we, we, we know <laughs> we know what they're thinking. They're bringing weapons to school. They're trying to solve their little conflict with another student that quite possibly could be bullying them or, or threatening them or whatever by, uh, let's be honest, killing them. I mean, wow. What in the world is going on with us in society that this is happening? And it's happening all too often. Like I said, uh, man, back last month, it, it was like every other day or every day there was a story of a school lockdown because of a credible threat of, of violence or, or someone that posted a note online or, or a post online saying they were going to do this, that, or whatever. So officials, law enforcement, and school officials had to respond. Uh, I, I, I totally get the, the, the mindset that these kids were in lockdown, they were quarantined, there wasn't any in-person learning, so there there goes, uh, here comes the, the, the need for that basic human interaction with other human beings. So I'm still not clear as to how that relates to COVID. And now that you're back, you become violent. Unless, 
You had it in you the whole while. I hate to put it out there like that, but that, to me, that appears to be what it is. A lot of these kids, who knows what goes on at home even. A lot of these kids, they may have had this nonsense in them from the start. Because uh, I don't know uh, too much about this generation now. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm almost 50 years old. I, I do know, I, I, I like countless others, uh, when we were in school, we had problems with bullies or whatever. But uh, maybe, just maybe, the, it, it has changed now because, you, well, not maybe. It has changed because no longer are you, you going with the old fisticuffs. You're bringing weapons, guns. So maybe that's the thing. Uh, when another student says to you, man, I'm going to do this or whatever to you, your, your only response after that threat bodily harm with a gun is to bring your gun also. Yeah, that appears to be what is happening in this country now. So what are we going to do? I think those metal detectors are, are, are start, are start. but uh, like I said earlier, it's parenting. It's parenting, man. It, it has to be parenting. Parenting has to, uh, the parents have to get more involved in their kids' lives to find out what's going on and start securing those guns better than you are. And Maybe, just maybe even, I know a lot of you out there that are parents that have guns and you, you want to show it to your kids, teach them how to use it to defend themselves. Uh, you might want to wait a little while till they're a little bit older and can handle it and also make sure they're not uh, under pressure with bullying. That's another thing that came out, bullying. So it appears to be COVID spurred or re-spurred bullying. So much to the point that kids are bringing weapons to school. Wow. I, I, it, is, uh, <laughs> it, it, it is unbelievable to me, unconscionable, that these kids are bringing guns to school like that. Why, what in the world? What in the entire world? We'll see what happens. Uh, man, I, so far this week, I don't think I've heard anything this week. But it is the middle of the week. Who knows what may happen? Who knows? Who knows? All right, let's move along here, man. Like I said, this is uh, going to be a, a kind of wellness check. Because all of these events, it, it does, after a while, for whether it be you individually or, or collectively with your family, it does start to wear on your mental when you hear these stories over and over again. And within the past uh, month or two months, we've been hearing a lot, a lot of stories as it relates to our transportation woes and troubles. And I'm not talking about the school bus driver shortage. We all know that's going on uh, throughout the United States, but man, more specifically, airplanes. These near misses on these runways or these planes landing or taking off had another one yesterday. What in the world is going on with these airplanes where they can't land correctly or take off correctly, there seems to be a, a mix-up where they're on the same runway or they're intersecting on a runway. One is landing, one is taking off, and they get clipped. What in the world is going on? Is air traffic controllers, are they overworked or are they understaffed? Maybe that's due to COVID too. <laughs> I gotta tell you, uh, just like with the gun violence, it, it, here within the past few weeks or, or maybe even a month, that's all we've been hearing about. Are these planes getting in these near misses? 
how long or what are we going to do before it actually happens? Now, last week sometime, early last week, the head of the uh, FAA or acting interim director of the FAA had to go on Capitol Hill and ask, answer some questions. And a lot of the law, uh, the, 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 the elected officials were asking, hey, what is going on here? Why are we having all of these problems? What are you guys doing to combat this problem? We're having with our planes endangering the lives of air travelers. Um, they responded back with, hey, we're, we take that threat very seriously and we're actively pursuing ways to combat this, to stop this. I don't know what in the world you guys can do. There has to be a mix up somewhere where those that in air traffic control aren't seeing or aren't relaying to these pilots basics. I mean, I'm not an air traffic controller specialist, but I would think that um, somewhere in your training or your years on the job, you gotta be looking and you gotta be aware and astute at all times as, to, as you're giving commands for one to land you got to know where where the others are in your airspace. Well, a lot of times they're not even off the ground. They're sitting on the tarmac, waiting. What in the world? Wow. Um, I just hope and pray there there isn't an accident where folks are hurt or injured. So uh, those guys in the airline industry, you guys got to get on a stick and get on a stick quick. Uh, there's no reason. <laughs> I'm sorry, there's no reason you can explain away to me as to why uh, these planes are almost hitting each other where they're landing or sitting on a tarmac or they're both getting ready ready to take off and they're on the same damn runway. What in the world is going on? And if that isn't enough for uh, air traffic, <laughs> the aviation industry, they're still having to contend with these uh, fools that get on these planes and want to show their natural born. Still not too sure why that is, um, why folks would wait until they're on a metal tube, whether it be because this latest incident, uh, I believe the guy, uh, the way they, they were flying, why folks wait until they're up in a metal tube, because that's all the airplane is, is a metal tube, and decide to show their natural born so much to the soul, so much so that you have to be subdued or, or should I say damn near beaten half to death and, and tied up. Cause that's what happened with the last incident last week guy jumps up starts screaming and yelling tried to stab a flight attendant with a, a, a broken spoon that he had went in the bathroom and broke off and then uh came out yelling ranting and raving or continuing to yell out rant and rave about how he was going to kill everybody on the plane and then lunch at the flight attendant before he was uh taken down by the uh, other members of the flight attendant crew and passengers so passengers now have to get up and they aren't just defending uh, 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 that flight attendant's life, but they're defending their own damn life because that fool was trying to open the door while they were in flight. But he, I guess they're going to say he had a mental moment. Ew. Boo-hoo-hoo. Sucks to be you, don't it? You're so far off your rocker, you wait until you get up in the air and decide you want to amp and spaz out. Uh, they should have took his skull off his shoulders. Sorry if that sounds cruel and heartless, but I'm sorry. You're jeopardizing too many lives in flight, up in the air, 
going in the bathroom, breaking a damn spoon off, coming out, trying to stab someone with it and open the door. Yeah. They should have took his skull off his shoulders. I'm sorry. I, I know that's cruel. I know that's cruel. I shouldn't have said it. Well, yeah, I should. Uh, stop pandering to those that are, are saying, hey, I got a mental problem. I'm having a bad moment. And, and, and try to harm any and everyone around them. I, like I always say, I, I mean, if, you, if if you're having a bad day or bad life or whatever, what have you, um, for you to get the mindset that you're going to harm others, I, I don't quite understand that connection. And, and maybe that's me being insensitive or naive or ignorant even. But I would think if I was having a mental moment, that would be the least of my worries going out trying to harm someone. So much so you, you book a flight. Just be honest. You book a flight, get on, wait till the plane takes off, jump up, start screaming, ranting and raving, or whatever, what have you, and you try to kill folks, along with yourself. I guess you were trying to kill yourself too. So you take any and everyone with you. Life has gotten that bad for you that you try to take any and everyone with you. You don't, well, you don't want to go to hell by yourself? <laughs> I'm not being a, a facetious, arrogant jerk, but man, uh, I'm not even gonna say Jesus make it make sense because it doesn't make sense to me. I'm sorry, it just doesn't. So yeah, the airline industry, man, they have a lot. They got a bevy of problems. See, it appears to be the flight crew or, or, or flight crew can't get it right as it relates to landing and taking off and then you gotta deal with your customers trying to harm you and your staff and your customers. Yeah, they, I don't know how they're going to get a handle on it as far as that, dealing with those those, those uh, passengers, unruly passengers that, you know, jump up and try to harm others and themselves. I, I don't know how they can contend with that, not unless they keep a brick on board and pop them right in the head. <laughs> but they do have to get a handle on uh, what's going on with air traffic control and these planes landing and taking off and these near misses before something happens. And then you're really gonna be in the hot seat. Just are, just are. Man, so I, I'll keep you guys uh, updated on that, man. But hey, 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 hey. I'm sure we all heard by now this uh, banking crisis. Ooh, why, what in the world? Is this another hit to the US economy? Ah, investors are, are these economic experts are saying no, it's not. Because what happened is, uh, well, first there was uh, Silicon, uh, what was that? Silicon Valley Bank out in California. And then there was Signature Bank in New York. These are small investment banks. Uh, Silicon Valley Bank is known for uh, tech startup companies. That's how they get their money. They uh, heavily invest in these tech startup companies. And of course, they receive a return. But it what happened is... Um, it looked like federal regulators came in and took over or were attempting to take over the bank and that caused a run. Folks were running to the bank like, hey, wait a minute, hold up, what's going on? Let's get our money out. The bank is getting ready to fold. Same thing with Signature Bank in New York. These small tech startup companies, well, one thing that came out, and I think this this may have uh, helped it, uh, pushed it along a little bit. Months ago, um, 
some time ago, months ago, there was a report that came out that were saying, of course, you know, with the, the inflation and the jobs report, a lot of tech companies, they started laying folks off. So when they started laying folks off, they were trying to cut uh, cut some ends to, to increase their revenue. It wasn't happening for, uh, fast enough. So what happened is with Silicon Valley Bank out in California, uh, in order for them to shore up their losses, they were going to sell off some of their assets, they were saying. And so a lot of the investors got wind of it, started pulling their money out. So much so, now there is one particular investor at Silicon Valley Bank that's under investigation because what they're saying is uh, about two weeks before or whatever, what have you, before it came out that Silicon Valley Bank was closing and folks were coming in to try to see what was going on, the feds, he sold some of his assets, uh, millions of dollars of assets. So the, the feds are looking like, hey, wait a minute, you're selling assets two weeks or whatever before it's announced that this there's a banking crisis, this bank is getting ready to be shut down. Now the feds are looking at quite possibly some insider trading. The plot thickens. Now many Americans, when they heard about these banks closing, these two banks, they were scratching their heads and some were wondering and praying, what in the world's going on? Am I gonna have to go get my money out? They said they were just small banks. No need to be alarmed. The bigger banks, they have it under control. And even down to this, these smaller banks, they're insured by the FDIC. So the federal government is going to make sure that all deposits are insured and everything is okay. And even though the banks are closing, you can still get your money. Just give us a little time. Hmm. Sure is a lot. Sure is a lot to digest. Well, isn't this banking? <laughs> it just is. Uh, those two smaller banks, like I said, they were mainly for tech startup companies or tech companies or whatever. And when a lot of tech uh, tech companies took a hit of sorts when they started laying people off, those were red flags. And those investors, hey, they were looking like, wait a minute, hold up. And maybe this one in particular investor knew it was coming and knew it was coming fast because uh, the bank itself was telling its customers, hold on, wait a minute, we just got to rebound, move some stuff around or whatever. But it appears behind those customers' back, they were selling assets. They weren't moving stuff around, putting money here and there, because if you hear, hear uh, a business say they're moving stuff around, they aren't selling, supposedly. They're moving funds from this account to that account so it can hold off and hold on into another account. And, and then, you, you know, you can hopefully on the reach around, pull some funds out to maintain the other accounts and keep everything running smoothly and, and, and evenly. But it appears they were flat out selling assets. They were floundering fast. They were falling. So they started selling. Uh, that one particular uh, stockholder, <laughs> he, sold, he may have sold every damn bit he had to get out to keep his shirt on. So it, it, it appears uh, this is a result of the economy. Inflation, it pushes and drives inflations. Uh, it, they're saying inflation, by the way, it, it is still here, but it's not as bad. Okay, I get it, got it, understand it. But uh, man, folks, 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 folks. It's gonna be a while before we dig out of this mess. You know, I've told you or, or, or said a numerous times here on This Is Just a Thought, 
back when COVID first started, I used to listen to this, uh, these, these little series, or, or web, I don't know which, webinars by these think tank groups, and they were uh, forecasting the economic future for the United States after COVID. And one of their predictions that they strongly backed up, I gotta say, because now everything is coming into fruition uh, with the banking, with the transportation, uh, infrastructure, the schools, uh, businesses, tech companies, retail. Uh, when I say infrastructure, I mean governmental, gover governmental infrastructure with our highways and byways and trains and automobiles. They were saying that we were going to be digging out from COVID. Uh, I think the, the bare minimum there they said was 20 or 25 years, if, if not more, 30, 35, 40, 50 years from now. Uh, man, looks like it's coming to pass. COVID spurred a lot. It exposed those holes in our infrastructure on any and every level of our day-to-day -day life. It just did. So now you got problems with the banking industry, it appears. Small banks. Uh, President Biden quickly came out, tried to calm the American public down, told them, hey, there's no need to worry. This, this, these were just isolated incidents from smaller banks. Um, but uh, if, if, you're, if you're a betting man or woman, better keep a close eye on your funds. Just better, just better. So we'll see what happens with this. And also, uh, going back to that infrastructure and, and our transportation, man, I know you guys have heard, I haven't really talked about it, what happened, uh, these train derailments. You got the airlines, you got the planes near misses, and you're having a lot of train derailments now. Uh, officials are saying a lot of these train derailments are due to uh, maybe faulty tracks. And uh, one train derailment, they were saying, was due to the wheels and, and them overheating. That's part of our infrastructure. It just is. Uh, we've known for a long time that uh, our transportation as it relates to our trains ain't up to par. So it appears to be rearing its head because uh, sometime a month or so ago, there was an incident in Palestine, Ohio. I'm sure you guys have all held uh, a train was carrying some chemicals. It derailed. Those chemicals uh, spilled out into, some, into the waterway. It has left uh, many of the residents and, and are saying, hey, um, you guys got to get on this. Tell us what's going on. We don't feel safe. And not only did those uh, chemicals leak into the waterway, that chemical, whatever it was, it leaked, in, it leaked into the air. So a lot of folks were complaining about breathing problems. Some folks even said they had rashes. Um, it, 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 it spurred not a rush to judgment, but it spurred a lot of folks in that part of Ohio and throughout the United States to say, hey, this is happening way too often because after that one, there were some before, then there were some after. We just had one last week. There's a lot of train derailments going on. Uh, infrastructure problems or no infrastructure problems. If these trains are carrying these chemicals, 
like that one in Palestine, Ohio, where these residents are saying, we're not drinking the water, we're not cooking with it, because it's in our waterways. Yeah, it is in your waterway. Now, uh, Norfolk Southern, which is, of course, everybody knows Norfolk Southern, as far as it relates to uh, the, the train transportation for uh, goods, goods, it's one of the big ones. And they, of course, you know, when this happened, there was a lot of digging into their financials and they it was discovered that hey they turned a profit last year but that's not surprising that's just what they do they there's they're one of the biggest and a lot of folks were saying well they turned a profit why can't they put that money back into those trains and make sure they're running smoothly hmm. maybe maybe not but Norfolk Southern, Norfolk Southern, after this happened, they said, hey, we got a handle on it. There's no need for alarm. Uh, the spillage was bare minimum, but now we know it wasn't. EPAs came out and said the air is clear. Everything's fine. Now we know it really isn't. Because if you got people in that area, they're telling you they having, they're having problems breathing and their kids are having problems breathing and they never had a problem any day of their life, just own up and admit that, hey, we had a bad accident for whatever reason. We're going to do whatever we can to correct the matter. Instead, instead when they first when this first happened, they were uh, doing like what many uh, big companies do, dancing around the issues, saying it wasn't so. Now we know it was. A lot of folks. A lot of folks. A lot of folks. Man, it is... Uh, there's a lot going on in this country. Just the basics, everyday life. Things we, we really and truly take for granted. I mean, like I said, we came out of COVID, so now we're back to normal, and we're, we're looking and thinking, hey, everything is groovy and gravy when it ain't. Uh, COVID poked a, a lot of holes and, and exposed. Uh, our uh, infrastructure, our government, uh, our economy, kids in school, our educational system, COVID, it, it, it was that wet blanket. It just was. And it's showing. So we have a lot to do. We have a lot to do as individuals, and we have a lot to do, and we have a lot to demand of our elected officials to that they need to do also. Because one thing that came out with that train derailment, uh, even the mayor, and I believe the governor, governor of Ohio, they were extremely upset with President Biden. They said he, his reluctance to call a state of emergency hindered their uh, cleanup efforts uh, financially. And just for their citizens, uh, it, it left them out there. I think we're going to hear a lot more about that, those chemicals that were released into the waterway and the airway. It ain't over. I mean, that chemical, uh, I can't remember its name, but it wasn't nothing nice. And if those folks are complaining about breathing and rashes, like I said, and they say they never had a problem whatsoever before, stands the reason that, yeah, it got into the waterway, the ground, and into the air also. So we're going to be hearing a lot more about this. They just are. Man, just one of those things. It, 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 not to sound nonchalant about it, but it, we got some work to do here in this country. Just to, just to. All right, let's move along here. Man, hey, I, I haven't really uh, talked about it, but this is March Madness. 
College basketball NCAA tournament time. It's here. It's upon us. Man, uh, last weekend, can't believe I have to do this. I don't know which one I dislike more. Duke University men's basketball team is the ACC champions. Okay, get it, got it, understand it. Yeah, they put on a good show. They put in some work against UNC. UNC is, uh, they lost the ACC championship. And not only did they lose the ACC championship, but they lost their way into the NCAA. Now, UNC at the beginning of the season, they were preseason number one, and so much so, now they're out. And they're saying that if, it, if it's not the first time, I believe I heard the first time, it's been a while since a number one preseason didn't even make the NCAA tournament. Doesn't matter if they went in the first round and got out or they went through some ways down the way and got knocked out. This is quite possibly could be the first or the first in a while. So UNC's out. They're not in the NCAA. They got an NIT bid and they turned it down. I guess they're too good for the NIT. I'm a UNC fan. I love them dearly. But you guys should have played in that NIT. I know you're embarrassed. <laughs> you got beat by Duke. I know you're embarrassed. And Duke looked good doing it. I don't know who I dislike more, Duke or Cowboys. It's not that I dislike the Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys, or, or Duke. It's the fan base for me. These fans. Yo, you guys are horrible. Boy, you, you won't shut up. <laughs> That's all I've been hearing from Duke fans. Where you in see at? Well, hey. UNC said, we ain't planning no NIT. <laughs> I don't know why they turned down that NIT bid. I guess they said, uh, I'm sure they were thinking, uh, maybe it is an embarrassment to you. Get it, got it, understand it. But man, you guys should have played in the NIT, man. If anything, on strength of who you are, how you fight back. Now everyone's going to be looking for you next season like, all I can tell you is I hope you guys win it all next year because if you don't, you're going to look like a bunch of hills and slushes. Yeah, they turned down the NIT bid. They said that we're not doing it. Okay, good luck with that. Good luck with that. Now, like I said, the NCAA has started. Man, hey, I'm, I'm geared up and waiting for it because uh, if you know me, you know that, hey, I don't look at the big schools. I look at those little small schools. And, and, and I'm always pulling for those small schools, the underdogs. So I'll be looking, but I'll be looking at those small schools. Because there's always one or two of the smaller, no-name schools, division, uh, whatever, out in a cornfield somewhere in the Midwest or the Deep South, a tobacco field or something, <laughs> that comes in and upsets uh, upsets a few of those big schools. And that, that to me, is that, that what makes the NCAA tournament. Just the... Just us, just us. I don't do the brackets. <laughs> I don't do the brackets. I don't have any luck whatsoever with those brackets. So I learned a long time ago just to let it go. Just enjoy it. And, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah, I, I love to see those low seed teams because they have some of uh, uh, the best players with the biggest hearts and spirits that you're going to see in competitive sports, whether it be college or, or professional, doesn't matter. Those guys, they play their heart out and they leave everything on the court. So I'm looking at some of those low seeds. Haven't really looked to see who the low seeds are. Uh, there's been a few games 
So I'll probably catch it, uh, catch up on it this weekend maybe and see. But man, I can't wait. I can't wait. Every year, there's a low seed team that comes in and just wrecks shop. Just does, just does. Man, all right, let's get on to some NFL news. A lot is going on in the NFL. Why, what in the world? There's a lot of trades and switching and bargaining, whether it be with draft picks or free agency. Most notably, the Chicago Bears, my Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears gave up their number one draft pick to the Carolina Panthers in return for, uh, they got two first rounder, rounder, rounders from the Panthers and they got a wide receiver, man, what is his name? I can't remember this guy's name. Wide receiver, DJ Moore. It was a good pickup. DJ Moore is not a, a piss poor player. He's pretty good, I think. So it was, it, it, at first when I heard they gave up, like most of us, when I heard they gave up their first round pick, I said, why well, what in the foolishness are these idiots doing? Every year they do something stupid in the offseason. Yeah, I tore into my little tirade. But uh, <laughs> looking at what they're doing, they're getting a lot, of, they're moving a lot of players around. They got rid of Montgomery, uh, the running back. He's now in Detroit, but they picked up some pretty good players off some pretty good championship contending teams. Most notably from the uh, Bills, they got a linebacker. Maybe. Maybe Foles knows what he's doing. Yeah, I, I had a few choice words for Foles. <laughs> Man, it, it caught me off guard because I'm saying, well, why in the, what in the world are they doing giving away a first-round draft pick? You, need, you guys need all the damn help you can get. Yeah, I said it. I did. I did. I said the guy must be an idiot. But looking now, <laughs> looking now, I can see what he's doing. He's moving some things around, trying to get some players in. Uh, we'll see what happens. Looks good on paper, as it does every year. But we will see what happens with this. We, we just will. Uh, they're my Chi Town Bears. They just are. They haven't had much luck. Uh, the past few seasons, but maybe things are starting to turn around. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, on to some more. Uh, another kind of uh, odd trade or pickup of acquisition was uh, the Washington Commanders let go of uh, Heineke, the, the, the quarterback, as we all well know, his most claim to fame. He was a last-round draft pick, and this year he got into the game after uh, – uh, the other uh, 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 commanders, quarterback had got hurt, and he got into the game against the Dallas Cowboys, and he beat them. <laughs> so he's gone now. He's uh, with the Falcons. Falcons, most definitely, they do need a quarterback. I, they let go of theirs. Um, so Heineke is quite possibly or, or going to or with the Falcons. And the Colts, Indianapolis Colts, Speaking of the Falcons, they're trying to get rid of uh, Matt Ryan. You all know, remember old uh, one-time Atlanta Falcons quarterback Matt Ryan, that Super Bowl debacle. Guy was up by 2 million points and lost. <laughs> Wasn't 2 million points. But we all remember him. So it looks like the Colts are trying to get rid of him too, trying to find them somebody. And then there was the Raiders. Now, now this, I don't know if it was genius I guess they were trying to free up some space and money because they got rid of their quarterback, Derek Carr, the Las Vegas Raiders. They got rid of Derek Carr. New Orleans Saints picked him up. And then yesterday, 
Las Vegas Raider, Raiders got Jimmy G. Jimmy Galapolo. I already said that. I'm sorry. Jimmy G. You know that San Fran quarterback that last year that came in after Trey Lance got hurt. He came in uh, after the, Trey Lance took his starting position. Trey Lance gets hurt. He comes in. Jimmy G comes in. He gets hurt. He goes out to. So it appears he's with the Las Vegas Raiders. Jimmy G's a pretty good quarterback. At times, he still has a lot to learn. So it looks like the Raiders are making some moves too. Maybe they're uh, trying to get somebody that can actually throw to Adams. We'll see. There's a lot going on in the NFL. That's just a little bit right there. There's a, sure is a lot going on in the NFL with these trades and and, and trades, the the bargaining, the free agency, man. Oh, and by the way, Lamar Jackson, man, uh, Baltimore, the Baltimore Ravens, they're in contract uh, negotiation. Uh, apparently, the Ravens are saying, hey, we don't want to pay you this, that, or whatever. We'll give you this. And he's like, no. Well, Lamar Jackson, he's, he's a great quarterback. God just is when he's healthy. So that may be the holdup on the Ravens' ends because uh, the last two, two, two and a half seasons, he hasn't really, he hasn't, he's finished out a season or two, but that's usually, he's usually hurt, and he didn't finish out last season because he was hurt. So that may be the holdup, but uh, if anything, Baltimore, get him some help. Shore up that offensive line so he won't get hurt. I don't think you want Lamar Jackson bouncing around the NFL, ending up on the right squad, and then you guys have to contend with him. <laughs> He's a pretty damn good quarterback. At least I think. I, I really do. I, I just do. I just do. Uh, I'm done with that. Hey, before I go, one more thing. Uh, surprise, surprise, surprise. Duke Progress Energy is proposing, or uh, they haven't gone to the uh, state's regulatory commission they want a price hike surprise 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 duke energy why what do you know knew it was coming how did i know it was coming well they're saying they need a price hike of uh and this is going to be uh over the next three years it's going to be about a price hike uh, of your average electrical bill maybe 20 or 30 some odd dollars Per month, so they're going to they're asking for a price hike. They want to start it out the first year with fifteen dollars, and that's by the end of this year. Your electrical bill, if it is approved by the state regulatory commission, is going to go up by fifteen dollars. Yep, and the next two years is going to go up five dollars each year. Mm. 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 Now, Duke Energy has came out and said we apologize, but we need to make the this price hike for upgrades to the. Uh, our power lines and the electrical power grid system. Knew it was coming. Well, they, they they told you when we had that power grid attack down here in uh, 
in, in North Carolina sometime last year, or right at the end of last year, when they went before the state regulatory commission who was asking what was going on, what will happen, what was the failure, why you guys didn't do this, that, this, that, or whatever, yada, yada, yada. They said, yeah, we know we're actively on it. We're going to change, make some changes. And by the way, we need to raise the price to make these changes. <laughs> smooth, ain't they? Smooth operators, smooth criminals. What do you guys need a price hike for? What have you been doing all these years? You've been getting those damn price hikes. Because this ain't your first price hike. Might be the first price hike since COVID. But you guys got usually get price hikes every other year. Or every two years. Or every three years. Before COVID hit. You weren't making those uh, changes to your power lines. You, you, you weren't hiring drivers and line uh, experts or whatever or what have you. You didn't think about that power grid until something happened, even though you knew full well the power grid is vulnerable. Not just the cyber attacks, but now we know more than ever, which is a duh moment, that is any and anyone can just walk up to it and do whatever. Pop the lock and walk right in. There's no cameras out there. You guys, and that's another thing that came up. They said they're going to improve the security of the power grids. Hmm, finally. So due to that power grid attack and just uh, the cost of doing business, they're asking for a $25, $30 price hike over the next three years. <laughs> you guys. Well, they're a monopoly. Let's be honest with you. Uh, power companies, not just here in North Carolina, but throughout the United States, uh, even those that oversee the water that you and I consume, cook, and, and, and wash and clean with, they're a monopoly. Seems like the basic essentials we need in life to continue on day to day are now monopolies. And they, really and truthfully, in my opinion, if you sit back and think about it, they control the state whatever state they're in. They not only control the state, but they control the federal government also. You know how many politicians, how many of our elected officials, and that's at the state level? And and those that go on to the to the Senate. I wonder how much of those, these uh, uh, monopolies, electrical and even the waterways, water, water, I wonder how much money they put into these folks' campaigns for them to keep getting these price hikes and complete and utter oversight an oversight of what they are doing until something happens. Then you want to call them to Capitol Hill or call them to a state uh, state legislative building and ask them questions. You guys ain't fool. You don't need no price hike. Let your stockholders, and I mean your, stock, your top stockholders, your investors, let them take the bite for a change. Take it. Say you need a price hike to... Uh, Fix the power lines, power grid, hire some people, update some security features for the power grids and power stations, and, and you're in desperate need. You don't have the funds to do it, so in order for you to uh, do this, you're going to have to uh, raise the raise the prices. All that money you guys, I mean, I, I would love for someone to come out and tell me how much of a profit, like Norfolk Southern, these power companies are making, because I guarantee you, it's a lot. These guys ain't hurting for no money. Like I said, before COVID, they were getting price hikes every two years 
or something was being slid in there so, so that the electrical bill would go up. Is this the cost of doing business? I think not. This ain't no cost of doing no business. This is just greed. They're a monopoly. And if you know anything about monopolies, they control and they run more than you and I could ever fathom. Just like big pharmaceutical companies. Our elected officials, are, they ain't just got their hands in these companies, uh, these monopolies pocket. They got their whole damn head down in there. Just where they're buying and their thinking is. Like I said, they had the public meeting here in Wake County last night. And of course, you know, the citizens, they were on it. They were saying, no way, no way, no way, no how. Um, if you're talking about raising this, these bills or your price hike, it's, it sounds small, but if you're already on a tight budget, and if you're already getting up every day, going to work, doing whatever, what have you, you're already on a tight budget. And here you go slipping something like this in there. It can and will be a hindrance. I'm going to be honest with you. My electrical bill is high enough. I, I, can't, I don't have any room for any more of your little funky price hikes. You can keep them. Yep. So we'll see what happens. Chances are they'll get the price hike. They just will. I had a meeting here in Wake County last night, and they're going to have several other meetings throughout North Carolina also. Uh, dare I say, I gather a lot of those folks from wherever part of North Carolina they're at, especially down there where they had that power grid attack uh, l last year, uh, they're going to be there front and center, and they're going to be voicing their opposition. As well they should. As well they should. Well, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to skedaddle. Got to go into work. Got to go into work. Well, that's all for me today, and I want to thank you all for lending me your ears this morning. Continue to like, support, share, offer feedback. Acre has a great feature, which I'm sharing this with, where you can leave a voice response, and I would love to hear your voice. So you can, can continue to make contributions. Continue to follow and listen on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Verbal, and WordPress. And now on YouTube. And if you're on YouTube or wherever you are streaming, hit that like and subscribe button so you can get notified when I drop these podcasts. Keep you in the loop. And also get in the comment section. Let me know what you think. As always, thank you for listening. This is Stephen Carnegie for This Is Just a Thought. Amen.